0: So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome to the Fantasy
1: Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive,
0: center field,
1: hit the wall! This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: Wowee. We all knew injuries would take place this season, but this weekend was basically the walking dead. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today on a Monday, August 17th. Frank Stanfield here with Scott White and Chris Towers. Long time no see or talk, Chris. Happy to see that you guys are okay after all these injuries. Everything all right, guys? Uh, I I managed to avoid injury
2: today. I, I might, right. you know, one of the rare people associated with Major League Baseball in any form who didn't get injured uh, this weekend. So, yeah, this, um, it, it was a tough one. I... I have several roster spots that I really need filled by waivers tonight, so uh, yeah, we'll see. It's not a uh it's not a great place to be at. Um, but I guess the good news is lots of prospects are getting called up too.
0: Yeah, silver lining. Yeah, have gotta full. find a silver line in every cloud. Okay? I appreciate the uh, the positivity here, Chris. We're gonna need that because you mentioned it throughout the course of the show today. Lots of waiver wire talk. We'll do some buy low, sell high pitchers, but uh, basically trying to help people fix their lineups heading into week five because between the Yankees and Bo Bichette, this news just came out. Ronald Acuna. It's oh my. There's a lot going on, Scott. What's I, up? Man? I just
1: I just realized when you say. Boba like you did. It sounds like Boba Fett.
2: Wait, is re- you really like never realized that? I never realized that. That's amazing. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. It was always Boba Like my emphasis was on. I don't know. I never heard. Yeah, that his uh, his son is named Django that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, all right. With all that, let's jump right in.
2: Oh my good, goodness
0: gracious! Scott. Oh my goodness gracious! Player of the weekend. Whatever you want it to be.
1: Uh, So this is a little off the beaten path, but my, oh my goodness gracious player is Jordan Alvarez. Cause that's when I literally said, oh my goodness gracious. Actually, I did a couple times this weekend, but that's when I said it the loudest because after this long wait for him to be cleared of COVID-19 and and for some reason, it seemed like even after he was cleared, it was a week at least until he showed up to the minor league camp. And then he's, Tearing the cover off the ball there, by all accounts, but the Astros keep holding him back. Finally, he returns to the lineup. Homer's in his first game back. I think he had a double or something in the second game back. Things are going well. You're ready to activate him for the start of a new week, and he's out of the lineup Sunday, scratched at the last minute <sighs> with knee pain. Knee pain. Yes, yes. That uh, not a new development. thing. Development. No. No, not a new thing at all. It was being talked about back in March when we thought the season was about to start. And, oh, would he be ready in time? Oh, his knees are hurting. Apparently, he played through knee pain all of last year. Apparently, uh, Dusty Baker at least said this is probably something he's just going to have to play through this year too. So, I'm still planning on starting him, at least in my Roto Leagues with those deeper lineups to fill. But I'm not... Not uh, not feeling too comfortable with that. Not feeling like I can necessarily count on him to be the savior of my offense.
0: And there's not really much you can do either in the redraft league, Scott, because everyone knows that he's dealing with this knee discomfort. It's something he's been dealing with since spring training. You don't really want to sell low on Jordan Alvarez right now. I, I did just want to ask you from a dynasty perspective... How would you handle a situation like this, Scott? Like I don't know if you own Alvarez in any dynasty formats, but it it just seems so weird that we have this twenty two year old kid that is such a great hitter and a slugger. But we've said it before; it's just it's odd that he is a DH to start his career and he's already dealing with this. Yeah, it's a very I, weird situation they, from they, a dynasty they don't- league.
1: It's mysterious. They don't know why it's going on. He's had right. MRIs done. Like, everything seems fine structurally. I don't know if he needs orthotics or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know what could be done here to rid himself of the knee pain. And if we, it'll ever be, he'll ever be ridden with it. As a guy in his early 20s, the first two years of his career, he's spent playing, he spends playing through it. And there's always this threat of him having to uh, miss time because of it. I, I mean, it. like you were saying, for Uh, Like uh, redraft leagues, uh, you know, now isn't the time to trade. I don't think now would be the time to trade him in a dynasty league. I think he has a stretch of games where he's crushing it. You know, maybe everybody relaxes a little about the knee, but you know, in the back of your mind, it's still there. Then maybe you shop him. I don't think now's the time to do anything.
2: Yeah, the the thing with Jordan Alvarez that is worth noting is you know he played ninety games in twenty seventeen, he played eighty eight games in twenty eighteen, and last season he did play one hundred and forty three games, but last year was the first time he'd ever played more than 90 games since becoming a professional. And, you know, the, the, we knew about the injuries coming into this season. We knew about the injury or the, the, the knee soreness, I guess, you know, at times last season. And, you know, the fact that it's hindered him so far and the fact that it's kept him out of the lineup so far, it's a, it's a real concern moving forward um, in a way that probably didn't get factored into his price enough. Uh, at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, and his price was all over the place because back in March, he was like a third, fourth-round pick, and then with yeah. all, the whole COVID situation pushed him way down draft boards. And Friday, you get him back, and it seems like you're all excited, and then boom, Sunday, knee soreness. Uh, so a tough situation, one, to pay attention to. I agree with Scott's take. If if he goes on a little bit of a run and people start to forget, I would just float the name out there in Dynasty and just see what you can get in return. Chris, a hey. winner or a loser, oh my goodness gracious, player of the weekend for you. Yeah, it's it's got to be Pablo Lopez uh, since Homer. this is me. And he
2: was one of the stallions. And he is the stallion at this point. Pablo Lopez has looked really, really good so far. Uh, he's only made three starts, but in those three starts, he has a 25% hard hit rate, 84.9% average, or 89, 84.9 mile per hour average exit velocity, Uh, Really low launch angle. He's getting tons of ground balls, getting weak contact, and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. 28.4% strikeout rate. Um, The changeup looks absolutely ridiculous. I think he had 21 swinging strikes overall in his most recent
0: start. I want to say 11 of them were on the changeup. Uh, I I think that's right. It was double digit. It was either 10 or 11, but yeah.
1: What really, I mean, other than straight up the 21 swinging strikes against the Braves on Friday was this cutter. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? That's and the all, new pitch. All I could find was a quote from Mel Stottlemyre Jr., the uh, Marlins pitching coach from back in mid-July when they were gearing up for the season. He he really talked up the cutter, but Pablo Lopez had used it sparingly before this start. And yeah. uh, it got four swinging strikes itself, so it wasn't bad on its own. But yeah. like just the way it, it may have uh, fleshed out his arsenal really created more differentiation there with the Fastball. Definitely yeah. intrigued by this development.
2: Yeah. I mean, you had last season a, a curveball that had a 32.2% whiff rate, which is decent, but not great. You had the changeup, which was a 29.7, but did a really good job of limiting contact or limiting hard contact. And so you add in a cutter that, you know, doesn't have a great whiff rate right now, but the changeup and curveball both have really good whiff rates. And so it might be, just be that kind of thing that, you know, this pitch just helps everything else play up Um, it's been really really fun to watch he's looked really really good and I don't know I think Pablo Lopez you you guys know I like the 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 potential before all this and you know he looks like a better pitcher even than you know the one who last year at the start of the season you know like I've talked about a couple times if you took out that really bad start against the Mets where he gave up like 10 runs in three innings He had like a mid-threes ERA for most of the the first half of the season. Um, I think he started dealing with injuries a little later. So I'm excited about Pablo Lopez. I think he's someone who should be owned in in all formats if you can.
1: Yeah, I would have picked him up everywhere he's available. I think he's still available in more than 60% of CBS sports leagues, but that that should change.
0: Yeah, his ownership percentage is up to 40% on CBS. This week he goes up against the New York Mets. I have... No problem starting him in that matchup. Uh Chris. That, was, that was the team that bombed him last year. So <laughs> That's true. I started him in that start. I brought that up before. So. I, oh, I did too. I'm a little I'm a little sour on on Pablo, but no, he has looked really good so far. Uh Chris, I'm just gonna put him head to head with another pitcher I know you like and had a pretty good start over the weekend as well. Justice Sheffield, who would you rather have between Sheffield and Pablo Lopez?
2: I I, I, I want to see, you know, I know Sheffield a couple starts ago started throwing that slider a lot more. I haven't seen if he had kept up with that. But off the top of my head, I would say uh, Pablo Lopez.
1: Sheffield had only four swinging strikes in today's game, like total, not not on the slide, <laughs> total. After 13 last time in what yeah. was a really good start. I mean, one earned run in six
0: innings. It was a good start, but that's... that's uh, yeah, I'd rather have Pablo.
1: Yeah, that's not winning me over.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would, I would take Pablo Lopez over Sheffield as well. I'm interested in both, but I like Lopez more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh-my-goodness-gracious player of the weekend for me is uh, Trevor Gott. If you started Trevor Gott over the weekend in a Roto League, he gave you... <laughs> you got. You got. Got. One <laughs> inning. <laughs> one inning. Four yep. homers. Yep. Nine earned runs. Five hits. Two walks. That's an 81 ERA and a 7.00 whip. So yeah. Trevor got, thank you because uh I started you in a few Roto leagues this weekend.
2: Uh yeah, 5 home runs, 5 walks, 3 strikeouts on the season. Uh for Trevor got.
0: Oh gosh. You,
2: um, you get so obsessed or at least I do with
1: who's getting the saves and how consistently they're they're the team's turning to them for saves that somewhere in there you lose sight of how good the pitcher actually is. Right.
2: just not good i'm not sure
1: well but that's the
2: problem this year is like if you want saves with the way things have gone so far you're gonna have to start some bad pitchers there's there's no way around that unless you just punt saves and maybe you should well
1: i i mean i know i know uh i know gabe kapler said he's uh You know, he still has faith in Trevor Gott or whatever. (laughs) I don't know if that means he's going to turn back to him in the next save chance, knowing Gabe Kapler. I mean, I'm surprised how consistently he had done it so far. Uh, I don't, you know, they don't have a ton of options. There's Tony Watson, who seems to be pitching fine this year, and he was the
2: presumed favorite coming in, so he would be the one I'd speculate on. And has been mostly good in his career. I want to point out he was bad last year, but it had been a while since he had, he had never had an ERA before four uh, before last season, in a season. So, Tony Watson may not be bad.
0: Yeah, he's pitched well thus far. One five nine ERA. He's it's five and two thirds innings. Yeah, so, I mean, we're take talking it for about what tiny Sample sizes it's for everyone. Very small. Uh, Scott, are you speculatively adding anybody on the Giants right now? I remember there was one. There was one night where got pitched earlier, and the gentleman who was supposed to get the save was Sam Selman, who is, who's also pitched well so far, and he's got a 14.7K per nine. Are, are you specula- speculatively adding Selman or Tony Watson in a Roto League right now? If you had got. Uh, uh, boy,
1: yeah, Selman does have great numbers. Huh, that's an interesting... I wonder how... And he
2: did have 81 strikeouts in 48 innings at AAA last season.
1: Yeah, he's been working. He's been working all over the place. I'm not sure about like I. I would. Hmm. Uh, I, I would not be so quick to drop. Got first of all, especially since Kapler gave him a vote of confidence. Like I feel like if I was handicapping this, I'd go got one, then Watson, then Selman is the speculative play. But like if you're looking to add a safe source off waivers. And need to double-check to see how available he is, but Drew Pomeranz is the Padres' closer now. And that is somebody who you don't have to worry about how good he is. He is awesome. Uh, So he's available in like 40% of leagues. So that would be the first place to go. Uh, Kirby Yates is on the IL with bone spurs in his elbow. That's potentially going to sideline him the rest of the year. And uh, Pomeranz would be the first place to go. Uh, I, I would put the Rockies... I, I would speculate on Carlos Estevez for the Rockies over anyone in the Giants' bullpen, too, except Carlos Estevez suffered a hand injury in bailing out Yairo Diaz, who has now had trouble in three of his last five appearances. So I don't even know. I don't know what's going to happen with, there either with Carlos Estevez.
0: Daniel Bard, apparently, is a name. I'll just throw the name out there. He's, I put a few uh, small bids in, in deeper Roto-League's tonight, so just a name to pay attention to. They said that they're going closer by committee right now. They do not have a set closer out there in Colorado following the struggles of Yairo Diaz. let Guys, let's try and run through these news and notes as quickly as possible because there is a lot to get to here. Probably the most unfortunate news of the weekend is uh, Bo Bichette, who will head to the IEL with a sprained knee that apparently could keep him out until September. It is worse than they originally thought. Chris, if you need a shortstop, these are the most added shortstops in CBS leagues right now. Dylan Moore. I preface this, it's not a great list. Dylan Moore, Andres Jimenez, Luis Arias, Jose Iglesias, Nick Ahmed, Willie Adamas, if you need a shortstop.
2: I... My first reaction to say is to say Luis Arias. Um, you know, he is a a former top or a recent top prospect who has struggled mostly uh, since getting to the majors, but, you know, has hit really well in the minors so far. But I, I would think maybe Andres Jimenez might be the answer. Uh, another guy, you know, he was a not quite a top prospect across the board this season, not a top 100 prospect at least, but he was at a couple of places MLB pipeline at baseball prospectus, not at baseball America super young twenty one years old and he's looked good enough that I would expect he's going to uh continue to get playing time for the Mets so far people are raving about his defense and uh six stolen bases right now that is uh that's a pretty eye popping number if does he lead the NL in stolen bases right now yeah might not
0: that sounds like it would lead the nL in steals yeah um he's very so, fast I know I think he had like a sixty speed tool yeah so that is
2: that's that's probably where I would go right now. Um but Arias is another one who I would uh consider. Yeah, uh yeah, it looks like
1: Jimenez is the leader there. You know, but with Robinson Cano back and it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like Jeff McNeil's injury is gonna put him on the I.O. There's still the playing time question there for mm-hmm. Jimenez, I think. I I I don't love any of these options as an immediate play. Um yeah. I might like JP Crawford. I might go with over them. He's available in 55% of leagues, but Arias has hit mostly singles so far, but he's struck out only once. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's finding his, I mean, batting average is supposed to be his main strength anyway. And like, if I was just shooting for upside, I I think maybe I would gamble on, gamble on Dylan Moore.
0: For Arias, back-to-back three hit games over the weekend for the Brewers, obviously great ballpark to hit in. Um, not really as great of a lineup as we're used to seeing there, but the hits are starting to come around for Arias. A few shortstop names there if you lost out on Bobachet, which is just so unfortunate the way that he was swinging the bat. A few oh, others. Oh, Carter
1: Keeboom. Carter B. Keeboom's another one. He's playing a lot, at least, and we know he has upside.
0: Aaron Judge and D.J. LeMayhew went to the IL as well. Uh, Judge says that he is 100%, even though he is dealing with a calf injury. <laughs> he said that he could have played Sunday. I guess that they're just being cautious Uh, with their outfield slugger. Uh, Over the weekend, we saw Clint Frazier and and Mike Talkman have some big games. Clint Frazier now, over his first four games, has eight hits, including two home runs. He went three for three on Saturday. Talkman six hits over the weekend, over those three (laughs) games against Boston. Five runs, four RBI. Both are rostered in under 50% of CBS leagues. Scott, are you interested in both? Are you interested in one? Are you interested in the other? If Judge is back soon... These guys might not be playing every day anyway.
1: <laughs> I feel like the Yankees offense is, is like an sec football program where like somebody <laughs> goes down and it doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. Layers and layers of talent. And, and we're seeing it with these two. Frazier was the hitter who was available in all my leagues, even 15 teamers that, uh, so I was, I was making a lot of claims for him just for that reason. He was so widely available and yeah, we've talked about his swing adjustment before. It's very easy to see how, how far in he turns his front foot when he's batting. And I don't know. He's been raking between preseason and now into the regular season. Um, so I, I don't see why with the kind of start Aaron Hicks and uh, Brett Gardner are off to that they couldn't find a way to keep Frazier around if he keeps hitting like this. And same goes for Talkman who's been a little more in and out of the lineup. Frazier's played every day since he got called up, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, how much fab would you spend on Clint Frazier? I assume that you prioritize him over Talkman, right, Scott? I do,
1: yeah. Just because of the way... Just because it seems like the Yankees actually want him in the lineup every day now. And uh, I would... Um, Probably 10%. I, I went a little higher than that, I know, in Tout Wars, and I didn't get him. Somebody bid, like, 13%, and I think I bid 12%. So, you know, that's, that's where I am. in those 15-team or five outfielder leagues, obviously less than that and anything shallower.
0: Uh, Tyler Wade, just another name to pay attention to. We don't really know the extent of how long DJ LeMay is going to be out. He's dealing with a thumb injury. Tyler Wade started on Sunday at second base. He was batting ninth. Uh, he's a name that you can look at in deeper leagues as well. The Yankees plan to activate Aroldis Chapman on Monday. Miguel Andujar was recalled. He was not in the lineup Sunday. Uh, Chris, if you own Zach Britton, what what do you do with him? Do you, in a roto league, you just still keep him in because he'll help you with ratios? He's not going to close once Chapman is back.
2: Yeah, I would if I'm starting him just for saves. Uh, yeah, I think you probably sit him. But given how few relievers are out there getting saves, um, who are actually good, you know, we know Zach Britton's good. We know he's going to be helpful even if he doesn't get saves. And so, you know, it's also possible he does get the occasional save. Or oldest Chapman. You know, let's say he works to the first two games back, and they get, have a save opportunity on the third one. It's going to be Zach Britton who gets that, and so, you know, he's definitely not someone you have to keep starting. But given he no how help in
1: strikeouts, that's the problem. Like, sure,
2: well, a middle I, I reliever mean, play. You at least yeah. want
1: them to have a good strikeout rate.
2: And yeah, I just bad for I look standards. at it. I just look at it like this: the, your options are probably not great given how many starting pitcher injuries we've had, given how much turnover there's been at closer, uh, your your next guy up as a, at, at pitcher is probably not a particularly good pitcher. And so at some point, you're going to have to make the decision uh, to try to protect your ratios in a well, season I, where everybody seems to be blowing up.
1: I just wonder if it's worth dropping him for somebody like Chad Green or Malta.
0: Sure, like it's it's worth noting that Chapman has not been the model of health either. He's had this knee injury the past couple of years, and you know he's yeah. he's no sure thing. He's been a little bit shaky at times. So uh, obviously, it's much easier to do if you own both of them. But I assume that's not the case for everybody. But keep that in mind uh, with Zach Britton. Ronald Acuna went to the IL this weekend as well with that wrist injury, retroactive to August 11th. Michael Brantley to the IL with right right quad discomfort, retroactive to August 12th. We already spoke about Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Dodgers catcher Will Smith to the IL with a hand injury. Top prospect Kybert Ruiz was called up, and he homered Sunday in his first at-bat. Scott, in two catcher leagues, would you rather add Austin Barnes or Kybert Ruiz? You know what? I'll throw Pedro Severino in the mix too, who... Admittedly, Scott, I know his underlying numbers are not good because I looked into him on StatCast. It's gross, Mm -hmm. but he just keeps hitting. He went three for three with another home run Sunday against Max Scherzer.
1: Yeah, I would add Severino over those two. I would add Austin Nola over those two who didn't start out as catcher eligible, but he is now. And Another guy you don't really understand why he hits as well as he does, but it's carried over from last year. And he's playing a lot for the Mariners. So, I mean, the problem with Ruiz, big prospect, but it's mostly contact skills and, and defense, not a lot of power, 420 slugging for his career in the minors, and it didn't really improve on the way up the ladder. And I, I, think, I think those at-bats will be, be split pretty, pretty evenly between him and Barnes.
0: Strasburg went back on the IL with that nerve issue in his hand. Uh, Fran Reyes was hit by a pitch in the ninth inning on Sunday. X-rays came back negative. He is on fire. Seven multi-hit games in his last nine. He had a double dong on Sunday as well. That is Fran Reyes. Gene Segura was pulled with a hamstring on Sunday. Jacob deGrom, dealing with a neck injury, was scratched on Friday. He played catch on Sunday and, quote, felt better, per Mets manager Luis Rojas. Ah, uh, Chris. If you own Jacob Degrom, are do you feel comfortable starting him this week?
2: Yeah, I think you
0: got to. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you're with all these have, injuries going well, on, I mean, what are you going to do? Frankie Montas. Who, who do you have who you feel good about starting? Right, Frankie Montas.
2: There's a decent chance you'd rather get a zero from Jacob Degrom <laughs> than something from whoever you would start instead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Frankie Montas was scratched Friday with a back injury. He is on track to pitch Tuesday in Arizona. Will Myers was out Sunday with back tightness. Tyler Chatwood was pl- placed on the I.L. with mid-back tightness, which means Alec Mills remains in the rotation. Let's go, Chris. These guys are not hurt. I, I know that you're a big uh, Alec Mills guy. Or you've dubbed me and uh, Alec Mills guy. Oh, you he definitely a, He's, know, he's, definitely a, he's an
1: Alec Mill detractor.
0: You're, the, you're definitely the Alec <laughs> Mills guy. And I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm happy for me, too. He's pitched well for the most part. These guys are not hurt, but... They were placed on the restricted list on Friday. Mike Clevenger and Zach Plisak. Scott, we're getting a lot of questions about what to do with these guys. If you own either or both, do you start them this week? I, I, th- I think it's pretty risky. I think it's pretty
1: risky. Um, I probably wouldn't. They need to be down for 10 days before they can return, which means potentially that Cleveland could call one of them up to start Sunday. And you, we could get a start from them. It's also possible they put someone on the IL between now and then, and then they could call up either one. They do have a need in their rotation, I think Thursday or Friday. And I'm not sure who they turn to for that. They already have Adam Plutko filling one of those spots and he was terrible this weekend. Um, so I don't like I, their GM said this wasn't uh punitive it was obviously punitive, right?
2: Well, yeah, like, I, I think... <laughs> I, well, but, like, he said it wasn't punitive, but he did say it was, like, the team... It, it kind of sounded like the team basically just didn't want them around. Yeah. Like, regardless of whether it was, like, a punishment, it was, like, a, like, we don't trust them kind of thing. At least that's uh, what it sounded like to me. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah,
1: and and there was some... There was some aspect of there being, I don't know if it was an official vote or something, but yeah, apparently the players were having input in the decision making there too. Um, Like They're definitely a worse team without them, and they may not be a playoff team without them. So I, I have a hard time believing they're going to be down for long, but for this upcoming week, I would bench them.
0: Scott, yay or nay, would you start someone like Tony Gonsolin, who is in line to start Tuesday against the Mariners, which is a great matchup. He is 18% rostered, four and two-thirds shutout, last time out with eight strikeouts.
1: I could see myself doing that if I wanted to roster Gonsolin, but that would be just a spot start, presumably. Just one more start. So I'm I'm not sure I'd make the space for him.
2: I do want to make say one name for the Indians, and that's Tristan McKenzie, who uh, was, you know, arguably I think believe their top prospect a couple of years ago. He's dealt with injuries over the last couple of seasons, but he's still only 22. Uh, missed, missed 2019 with back and pec injuries, but apparently he's looked pretty good in camp, and uh, you know I, maybe he's someone who gets called up. I know they they've got a lot of depth in the rotation, but uh, a name to remember is Tristan McKenzie.
0: Rich Hill could join the Twins rotation for a start during their upcoming series against the Brewers. He threw 60 pitches at their alternate site on Friday. Scott, would you start Rich Hill?
1: Only if I was desperate. If it was, if it was between him and a zero, if it was between him and Zach Plesac, let's say, then I would throw Rich Hill in there, but I don't necessarily trust that it's going to happen or that he'll last particularly long in that start.
0: Another weekend, another positive COVID test, this time for a Reds player. The Reds and Pirates games Saturday and Sunday were postponed. The hope is that the Reds will play the Royals like normal on Tuesday. I saw a bunch of tweets from John Heyman before this about, like, airline tickets and something being purchased. It looks like they are traveling to Kansas City. They're getting ready for that. So,
1: Yeah, I think they were still waiting. So everybody tested negative on Saturday, except for this one player, and and then sunday they want the results there. I mean it's it's looking pretty good, but you know, they could have three positives when the next round of testing comes back and and that could you know, put them on the sidelines for a week or more. So definitely got to be careful with your Reds and your Royals and your Cardinals sadly is the team they're playing at the end of this upcoming week. They can't afford to miss any more games. Uh but, you know, if, if everything sounded good leading up to the lineup block, I'd probably roll with them.
0: Luan Diaz, the first base prospect for the Marlins, for Chris's Marlins, was called up this weekend, and he made his first start Sunday. Chris, in 30 seconds or less, what is your interest level in Luan Diaz? Uh, not particularly high. Yeah, you know, He is
2: an interesting prospect. Uh, started hitting a little better once the Marlins acquired him last year, but not a surefire thing. You know, Kind of a borderline top 100 guy, and... Sounds like everyone for the Marlins who was out uh, is cleared to return. And so there's going to be a lot of roster moves over the next week for the Marlins, getting guys back in. And I'm not sure where that would leave and Diaz, especially because he is, from what I understand, pretty much a first base only guy. And even
0: if they wanted to try him out in the outfield, they've got too many guys there, too. Speaking of prospects, Anthony Fenich of the Detroit Free Press mentioned on 97.1 the ticket in Detroit that he believes Casey Mize is likely to debut with the Tigers next week. Speculation, so we'll see what happens with Casey Mize. Corbin Burns will start for the Brewers Tuesday against the Twins. Spencer Howard left his start Friday with a blister, plus he was not very good.
1: Now This, this Burns thing seems like a pretty big deal because he's Tuesday means he'll be uh, back in the rotation for a two-start week. And once I found this out, which unfortunately wasn't soon enough to prevent me from dropping him in the podcast league, a points league where he would have been at his most valuable probably. Uh, Once I found that out, I put him at the top of the sleeper pitchers for this upcoming week. Burns, obviously the matchup against the Twins, it could be better. But his second matchup is a really favorable one. It is against the Pirates. So, yeah, and, and he missed a tons of, ton of bats when he was working in long relief. Like, he still looks like he could potentially have a breakout season here.
0: Scott, waiver wire hitters. Let's hit on a few of these. Obviously, people are desperate. They've lost a ton of big names this weekend, and all of these players I'm about to mention are rostered in less than 70% of CBS leagues. Teoscar Hernandez, six hits over the weekend, including three home runs. Uh, Dom Smith, multiple hits, including a home run. In four of his last five games. Robinson Cano. lot to like early on in the season. He wound up getting hurt. If you lost EJ LeMayhew. Someone who might interest you. Obviously, Robinson Cano. Cole Calhoun. Um, a home run in four of his last six games. He's quietly been pretty good. And he's leading off for the Arizona Diamondbacks now. And Shinsu Chu, who's also heating up. Seven starts in a row. Eight hits during that span with three steals. So Teoscar Hernandez, Dom Smith, Robinson Cano, Cole Calhoun... Shinsu Chu. What do you make of this group, Scott?
1: I mean, they're all useful. They all have, uh, they, they all, they all would matter in, in a certain way. Hernandez and Calhoun, I, I don't think they're going to be much more than cheap power sources, which in five outfielder Roto Leagues, that matters. Cano and Dom Smith are the two that interest me most. Dom Smith inherits a starting job obviously with with Johannes on is opting out he hasn't started against a lefty yet since that happened there was a string of righties that they faced but obviously he made a strong impression during that string of righties homering four times elevating better this year hitting the ball really hard I know he turned a lot of heads in camp but they were wondering how they were going to get him in the lineup and uh, like I could see him having the breakout that Turns him into a must-start player, which I don't really see happening for Hernandez or Calhoun. And then Cano, I mean,
2: like he still hits the ball really well. Yeah, even yeah. in his limited time last year, the quality of contact numbers were pretty impressive. Yeah, and he makes a
1: lot of contact, and it's maybe last year was just a fluke for him. It's kind of the Jesus Aguilar argument: like, w- which of these years is the fluke? Well, maybe in Aguilar's case, it wasn't 2018, but 2019. And maybe in Cano's case, he wasn't really on the decline last year. It was just an off year.
0: So, Scott, you, said, you mentioned Dom Smith is a name that you really like from this group. Where does Dom Smith rank among you know Dylan Carlson, who was a very popular pickup, um, Friday, and of course, over the weekend, he's 61% rostered, and Clint Frazier, who we already spoke about. So rank those three, Carlson, Clint Frazier, Dom Smith.
1: So I think I have to go Carlson number one there, especially since I'm not completely sure about Dom Smith's playing time. But
0: you sound so hesitant though, Sky. It sounds like you don't you don't want to go Carlson. I
1: I know, I know. I I I whenever there's a choice between a, a completely unproven top prospect and a guy who is hot, but you know, we didn't think that much of him a week ago, I'm probably gonna go with the prospect. But you know, I'd, I'd <laughs> it'd be easier to do obviously if Carlson homered in his first three games or something like that. I'll go Carlson one. I'll go Smith two. I'll go Frazier three.
2: We um we should mention Luis Garcia, right? He got called up after uh, we recorded on on Thursday night. Yeah, so, right. Top yeah. prospect for the Nationals. He's a he was a top one hundred guy, pretty much across the board. Scott, I don't know if he was one of your top one hundred fantasy prospects. His, he, he wasn't. He had a terrible year last yeah, year. Yeah, he's one of those guys who like he was he's 20 right now. Uh, I think he might've just turned 20 a couple months ago. And so the numbers are pretty mediocre. 685 minor league, uh, OPS doesn't really steal a lot of bases, but he was so young playing his entire, he turned 19 during his first season in double a. So he's someone who, you know, if they're calling him up now and the nationals have been pretty aggressive with their hitting prospects. Uh, but if they're calling up him up now, it it may mean that he just made a leap at camp. So Someone worth mentioning. I'm not running out to grab him right now, but Luis Garcia is, is worth mentioning as we look at the waiver wire for, for Monday and this week. Yeah, for he did sure. lose Starlin Castro. Yes, broken wrist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Luis Garcia actually didn't play on Sunday. He started both Friday and Saturday. Uh, he did have two hits on Friday with two RBI. Uh, Chris, would he rank behind someone like Luis Arias if he needed... That shortstop. If you lost Bo yeah,
2: just because Arias has actually uh, like hit in the high minors. You know, Garcia is probably the more talented player, but you know, he, he's still we're still waiting for the breakout for him.
0: Let's stick with you there, Chris. Some waiver wire pitchers. People are desperate and they need help. We mentioned Lopez and Justice Sheffield at the top. Um, Scott also mentioned the. He just had four swinging strikes. It was against the Houston Astros, a team that typically does not strike out very much. So Justice Sheffield, six innings, six hits, two runs. One of those were earned. Only one walk, four strikeouts. He has quality starts over his last two. Ten strikeouts to just one walk during that span. He's going up against the Texas Rangers this week. Uh, Danny Duffy is, was at the Twins this weekend. He'll face the Twins again this week. Five innings, two hits, two runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. 14 swinging strikes on 84 pitches against the Twins. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez, another Marlin, against the Braves over the weekend on Sunday specifically. Five innings, five shutout innings, nine strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes, Uh, and then Kevin Gausman. We saw 11 strikeouts. His next start is against the Angels. So, Chris, rank Pablo Lopez, Justice Sheffield, Danny Duffy, Eliezer Hernandez, and Kevin Gausman. Uh, I think I go Lopez, Sheffield,
2: and Gosman are close. Hernandez, and then Danny Duffy's last. Um, Elias Hernandez, kind of a one-pitch pitcher. You know, he's got a really good slider. Although, um, you know, I think his fastball velocity's up a little bit so far. You know, maybe that's something. This was obviously uh, a very impressive start, albeit against a, you know, Ozzy Albies and uh hey ronald acuna atlanta braves lineup but still you know it's it was impressive enough to uh you know to to be on your radar he he did get seven swinging strikes with the fastball eight with the slider today um but he really is just like a one pitch pitcher
1: i i agree pablo lopez is number one for me but number two is kevin Gosman, and RP i don't eligible. know Yeah, he is. And I don't know what exactly the Giants have done with them. He's thrown his splitter a lot. He's always thrown a splitter a lot. It's always been a very good pitch. But it's like the whole thing has just gone to another level. He is missing bats like crazy. It's not just this start, it's been a trend happening all season. It was easy to overlook at first because he was going four innings at a time. But the last couple starts, he's been right around six, 11 strikeouts in this one. Uh, For the year, 34 strikeouts in 25 and two-thirds innings, a 15% swinging strike rate, which is studly if you can maintain that. That's for the year. So far, five starts. And uh, that that definitely has my attention.
2: It's weird because he's still getting hit incredibly hard, and the answer may just be that he gets to pitch at Oracle Park now instead of Camden, uh, which is where he spent most of his career. But, yeah – like even when you look into the pitch by pitch data, like it's not clear where all the swinging strikes are coming from. He's just, he's generating a lot of swings. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not exactly sure where the strikeouts are coming from I and mean, it is a small sample size, but yeah, the split is getting the same percentage yeah. as always. The fastball
1: is getting a lot more.
2: The fastball's up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the velocity's up from where it was last year. So that, that could explain yeah. part of it. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's this year's Jake Oderizi. Spin rate's up a little bit. It could be just some combination of like spin rates up a little bit, velocities up
0: a mile an hour, mile and a half per hour. Maybe maybe that's enough. Scott, would you rather start if you just need a spot start this week, Pablo Lopez against the Mets or Kevin Gausman against the Angels? I'd rather
1: start Lopez.
0: All right, we're going to hit a quick break here. When we come back, we have some buy low, sell high starting pitchers from the weekend to go over, some other performances as well from this weekend, Uh, and what has changed heading into week five? I know that there's a bunch, and poor Scott's going to have to update you on that, as he is always doing. We'll do that here on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is going on with Lucas Giolito over the weekend against the Cardinals? Five innings, six hits, five runs, four earned, two walks, and five strikeouts. So far for Giolito, the walks are way up, like four walks per nine. Last year, that was 2.9 walks per nine. The chase rate is down, so that seems correlated. People are laying off his pitches outside the strike zone. Uh, And his changeup, that was his... Best pitch last year. When people are making contact on that pitch, a 42% line drive rate and a 161 weighted runs created plus. Scott, how worried are you about Lucas Giolito moving forward if you own him? And if you don't, would you be looking to buy low?
1: Well, I think it's important to remember that his numbers are skewed greatly by that very first start when he gave up seven earned runs. Uh, the the previous three prior to this weekend were good. I mean, if you asked us this after his fourth start, we would say, what do you mean? What is there to worry about Lucas Giolito? So that's that's important to remember. It's always also important to remember it hasn't even been a month yet. And if you go look back at pitcher stats after April of last year, there would be some very screwy things happening there too. I think there's been enough positive here that I'm really not that worried. Yeah. He needs to stop walking so many. Um, if the changeup remains less than it was last year, you know, he's going to be a worse pitcher, but if that's, that's influenced by the sample size too, there's just really no substitute for sample size. Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's the problem with all forms of analysis right now, but I, I would say my, my greatest source of comfort with Giolito is just that he was coming off back-to-back nine strikeout efforts. And he's probably still going to be valuable in the long run. Uh, what do you do with him? I, I think I just keep starting him.
0: His next two starts, speaking of starting him, are projected to be, and these things can change very quickly in baseball this season as we've seen, projected to be the Tigers and the Pirates. So that should hopefully help Lucas Giolito. Those are two of the better matchup so far this season Chris Walker Bueller at the Angels this weekend four and two thirds six hits five runs four of those were earned one walk five strikeouts his strikeouts are, are down a little bit this year his walks are way up 4.3 walks per nine uh, swinging strike rate is down a tad lots of fly balls he got off to a slow start last year would you be trying to buy low on Walker Bueller yeah
2: I think you probably have to he, he like you said he did get off to a slow start last year and Typically, I don't really love the, like, well, this guy's just a slow starter thing. But in his case, uh, the Dodgers have just not really let him, like, pitch before the season starts, which is a strange strategy that hasn't really worked out uh, in the early going in either of the seasons. But uh, by the end of last season, he was one of the five best pitchers in fantasy. And so my assumption is he'll get there. I think this is mostly just rustiness like he's had a couple of starts where the walks have been up but you know it's not like there are any super alarming signs in his profile the velocity is where you you think it should be um you know he's still throwing four different pitches with regularity so i don't really see any reason to be overly concerned or really concerned at all about walker bueller um it's more just that if in 2021 you know, in March, the Dodgers aren't letting him throw in spring training. Maybe downgrade him a bit because he might get
0: off to a slow start. Uh, and specifically for Walker Bueller, I I know that early on in the season he was not going deep into starts, so that's why it's you know easy to see the walks per nine being higher than they you know probably should be. So there, those are two names. But he, he's back up to the high eighties in pitches, right? So that's that's the key sign, I think. Uh, G. and Bueller, some buy low pitchers, some sell high potentially. Scott, let us know. What do you think about this group? Uh, Merrill Kelly, another great start over the weekend. Six and two-thirds shutout against the Padres. Seven strikeouts, 12 swinging strikes on 96 pitches. He's got a 171 ERA, a 372 XFIP. Doesn't get a ton of swinging strikes, but the control has been really, really good for Merrill Kelly so far. Christian Javier, six innings of one hit ball, three walks, and five strikeouts against the Mariners. He has a 7.6% swinging strike rate. His next start is in Colorado. Don't love that. Walker mm-hmm. Buehler, uh, seven innings of two-run ball against the Mets this weekend. Uh, entering this start, he had a 3.9K per nine. So he's pitching to more contact. I don't know how you know big of an issue or how much you worry about that. And then Nelson Lamette. I'll just bring it up just because he's been awesome. You don't have to sell high. It could just be he's really good. Uh, six innings of one-run ball, eight strikeouts. And I really like that the walks are down this year for Denelson Lamette. Just 2.54 walks per nine thus far, Scott. The pitches, he's been limited a little bit. He's been 84 pitches or less in four of his first five starts this season, Denelson LeMet. So, Merrill Kelly, Christian Javier, Zach Wheeler, and Lamette. Scott, do you want to sell high on any of these guys? And if so, which one? Ah. Uh...
1: I could see myself selling high on all of them except maybe Lamett, and of course it just depends on how, what you're getting back. Like I would, I would still take Lamett over. Like I would still take Bueller over Lamett. I would take Giolito. Like if you could sell high for somebody who we trust is an ace coming in and hasn't given us clear reason to think they're not an ace anymore, I would still do that. But the guys I just don't really believe in what they're doing so far. Just straight up, don't believe it. Kelly, I mean, would be high on that list uh, because it's mostly just built on insane control and I'm not sure... Insane control and weak contact. And I think that's that's never uh, a skill set I'm going to buy into that heavily at a time when players hit the ball so hard and so far. I, what The one I'm really wondering about is Wheeler because he's just not missing any bats at all and it's just so out of character for him. And... Like, he has eight strikeouts and four starts or something. No, no, that's not quite right. But what was it? Twelve strikeouts total and four starts. Zach Wheeler. Three strikeouts a start is what he's averaged. It's weird. Yeah, really weird. He's putting the ball on the ground a lot. But I don't know. Just the fact that he's been so bankable so far, I think somebody freaking out for pitching might be able to give up a lot for him. They obviously want to give up pitching for him, so you have to – weigh that, weigh your own needs in that, but I can see you pulling off a sell high trade with him. I'm just just a little worried about that. I Obviously guess, a good track record there.
2: My only counter that to that would be that you if you're like an eight and a half to nine K per nine guy, you'll probably at some point go through a stretch like this. That's um, fair. That's fair. I I, I don't want to say I'm panicking over Wheeler.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm not. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with holding onto him. I don't think it's all going to come crashing down. I just... He's going to have some rough times ahead because he hasn't yet. And, you know, I just wonder how much how much has actually changed with him with the strikeouts being down. Um, I don't know what you can get for Christian Javier, but there's no way I'm starting him at Coors Field. I know <laughs> I've recommended... Uh, Gallon at Coors Field. I've recommended Lynn at Coors Field, and it went very well for both. I don't think I can recommend Javier there. I think that could go very poorly for him.
0: Yeah, speaking of Lance Lynn, in uh, Colorado Whew. on Friday, I believe it was, that was a complete game. Two runs, one of those were earned. Six strikeouts, so Lance Lynn has really solidified himself as a top 25 starting pitcher, maybe even higher than that. So He is must-start, and He's earned my trust. Uh, Chris, I'll just ask you. Give it to me in a minute or less. I don't think it's considered a sell high because he's coming off a bad start. But Patrick Corbin at the Orioles this weekend. Five innings, five runs, only two strikeouts. His fastball is averaging 90 miles per hour this season. Last year, it was 92. His swinging strike rate is also down about 3%. What is your concern level over
2: Patrick Corbin? I, I have trouble being particularly concerned about him at all. You know, in 2018, his fastball velocity was actually lower than it was in 2019, and he was an even better pitcher. So I just don't know how much fastball velocity matters for him. Like, look, Patrick Corbin has a bad fastball. He has a fastball that gets hit hard a lot and doesn't get strikeouts or swings and misses. He's a He's a slider pitcher. That That's the, the only reason he's good is his slider. And, you know, maybe there's something weird going on with the slider where he's throwing it uh, even slower than usual. You know, it's been up down to like 78 miles per hour, like three miles per hour down from where it usually is. That's a little bit concerning, but I don't like the movement is still mostly the same. Like it's not like the movement profile has changed much. I think this is just a weird start for Patrick Corbin, but you know, it's possible that it's also, he threw a lot of innings last season as a, uh, you know, making a run to the world series and, Maybe he's just not quite all there. I don't know, Uh, but that's That's longer longer than than a a minute, minute, Chris. Chris.
0: (laughs) You haven't been uh, introduced to Demon Scott yet, (laughs) but he's not wrong. It it was longer than a minute. I kind of dozed off here because, you know, the soothing voice. Wow. Wow.
2: wow. That's more upsetting than Scott cutting me off. (laughs) I fell asleep while you were talking.
0: That was was Not not unfair. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a, a long-winded way of saying that you're not worried about Patrick yeah. Corbin, basically. So I think we're good there. Are some <laughs> expected studs that are coming around over the weekend. Glaber Torres had a four-hit game on Friday, three straight multi-hit games. Gary Sanchez is hitting a lot of home runs, so that's good, but that's basically it. Mark Canna, five hits over his last two games, including five RBI. Marcus Simeon, a modest five-game hitting streak, home runs in two straight. Matt Olson three hits and three runs scored on Sunday. He has homered. He homered in three straight, entering Sunday's game. Uh, Trey Turner, seven hits over his last three games. Still no steals, which is frustrating, but at least the hits are coming. uh, And he's hitting for more power this year, too. Garrett Cole, 18 strikeouts over his last two starts. A 17% swinging strike rate in those two. He's fine. He's hashtag good. Anthony Rendon, eight hits over his last six games. He has homered in five of those games. And Joe Adele, worth mentioning, he had two hits on Sunday, both of those with an exit velocity over 111 miles per hour. Studs being studs over this weekend. Sonny Gray, 10 strikeouts against the, the Pirates. We mentioned Lance Lynn. Clayton Kershaw, nice bounce-back game against the Angels. You like to see that. Aaron Nola is a top-five pitcher in fantasy right now, no doubt about it. Seven shutout with eight strikeouts against the Mets. Shane Bieber, very good. Scott, you move him to your number-one starting pitcher? and he continues to pitch like it. It was against the Tigers. Seven shutout, 11 strikeouts. Max Freed, also very good. Six and two-thirds shutout innings with seven strikeouts. Um, Brandon Lau just continues to rake. 338 batting average, seven homers, 20 RBI. Never doubt the Dobnak, Chris. If you agreed, if you would have agreed... You would actually be shaving a dobneck. I know you're not you didn't agree. You don't have to shave, shave mean, a shave a dobneck. Yeah, I would never why would I agree to that? But he gave you two wins this week. So I'm just saying don't Incredible doubt stuff. the dob neck, and don't doubt Anthony Santander, who had a double dung on Sunday, he is now up to seven. Uh as well as his teammate, Pedro Severino, who's absolutely raking. I mentioned him earlier in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
1: Gotta pick up Santander if he's still available. I know he's He's still available in a decent percentage of leagues. He looks like he looks like what we thought Willie Calhoun was going to be.
0: Uh, Scott, I know that one player you wanted to get to for sure, and you know what's going on with these guys, or what do we do with these guys heading into this week? Nathan Evaldi, he got shelled over the weekend in Yankee Stadium. Eight earned yeah. runs over five and a third. His next start is this week at Baltimore. I. Do you start him there? Do you drop him for one of the starting pitchers we mentioned earlier?
1: He is one of my 10 sleeper pitchers for the upcoming week. Ivaldi okay. is the matchup. You know, I, know, I know Baltimore's has some hot hitters on it, but I, I don't really think they're a good lineup in the long run. And you know, everybody deserves a pass for a bad start against the Yankees. I feel like that's where we're at with them. Uh, what I was encouraged about Ivaldi for the second straight start, he threw that curveball a quarter of the time. He got 14 swinging strikes. Like, he actually, the last two starts, one went very well, one went very poorly, but I think the trend is overall and that he actually seems to have an off-speed pitch now, and it helps the rest of his arsenal play up. He's going to miss more bats, just can't give up three home runs in a start like he did this time. Um, so I, I would not be looking to drop Evaldi after this start. I might still play him.
0: Yeah, I was going to considering he's a sleeper, you, you would likely still start him. It depends on who I else mean, is I mean, look, it's roster. hard to find
1: 10 sleeper pitchers in a given week. This right. is the first <laughs> year where I've done that every week, and like there probably aren't 10 true sleeper pitchers every week, but uh, I, I wouldn't be afraid to start him if I didn't have an obvious alternative.
0: Chris, starter sit Framber Valdez, who is coming off a six-inning one-run performance against the Mariners. He's in Colorado this week.
2: Would obviously prefer to sit him, but you know, like what we're seeing so far.
0: Yeah, he's pitched very well, but I agree. Uh, sit Framber Valdez if you can. Scott Tustin May on Sunday against the Angels, four and a third, two earned runs, only two strikeouts. He is at home against Colorado this week. Starter sit at home against Colorado. I'd
1: pro- I'd, I'd try to start him. I wouldn't be automatic. Depend what else I had, but I wouldn't. I'd be fine with starting him. He actually threw a season high pitches in this start, even though he went only four and a third innings. So that's that's not a bad development.
0: Chris, Garrett Richards, seven innings, two runs, only two strikeouts, but back-to-back quality starts. I remember earlier in the season uh, we went over his schedule and it was quite a rough stretch. He's He's been up and down, but the last two have been good. This week he's going against the Houston Astros at home in Petco. Starter sit. I would
2: try to avoid him there just because You know, he's not missing bats quite like you hope. And, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that can hurt you against a team like Houston, even though they haven't been great so far this season.
0: Scott, uh, we would be remiss not to mention, of course, uh, Robbie Ray's fantastic performance on Sunday. Five no-hit innings, still managed to allow a run. Six walks, now has 20 walks over his first five starts. Scott, what the heck do we do with this guy? I believe he faces the Giants this week. Any interest? Uh, uh, Any interest? (laughs) Um, it is the Giants, so... I'll, I'll just yeah. say I will I have interest
1: in him planting... I, I have interest in planting him on my bench and seeing where this goes, if you have the kind of space that you can afford to do that. But uh,
2: I, this is not enough to win me over to starting
0: him. It is so, in San Francisco, Chris.
2: The funny thing is, like, his walk rate's not... Well, I guess now it is. It wasn't... <laughs> coming into the start, it wasn't, like, so outlandishly out of place among the rest of his career like he, he was at 16.1% coming into this start he'd been at 13.3% in 2018 uh you know it's this is on the high end of Robbie Ray outcomes in terms of walks but it's not so concerningly bad that you should just dump him for uh anything or drop him uh Like, if you drafted Robbie Ray and this is the start that he's had to the season, it probably isn't, like, you should probably have expected something like this at some point during the season.
0: I would drop Robbie Ray for Pablo Lopez, but that's just me. 7.4 walks per nine entering Sunday. 8.8, I believe, is what it's up to.
1: I I would do that too, Frank. It's not just you.
0: Yeah.
2: I think that, okay, that's fair.
0: He walks everybody. He has a 59% fly ball rate and a 50% hard contact. So like he gives up free passes and then he gives up fly balls on the season and home run. Like, Oh my God. He's just, he is an absolute mess, man. Just,
2: all right. Just ignore everything I said. This is like
0: (laughs) way worse than a typical Robbie Ray. Oh my God. Start. This is, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just ignore me. Imagine thinking that he was going to finish top three in in Cy Young voting. (sighs) Just kidding. I love you, Adam. (laughs) Uh, Scott, I know that there's a lot that's changing currently up to the minute for week five. <laughs> oh, this uh, is
1: not up to the minute,
0: <laughs> what, what, what's the latest, man, what do you have, uh, regarding any changes that you've had to make?
1: Well, up to the last four hours, the biggest was, as I mentioned, Corbin Burns back in the rotation and in line for two starts. I think that's a play you want to make everywhere. Um, Tukey Toussaint went from having one start when we last talked to two versus Washington, versus Philadelphia. Neither of those matchups are particularly scary. I could see playing him if he was on my roster. Um, Alex Cobb, who's had really good luck with the splitter this year, seems like he might be a better pitcher. Versus Toronto, versus Boston, he went from having one start to two. So I would put him in the two-start sleeper category as well. Uh, With the hitters, as I mentioned, I took... Nick Senzel and Jesse Winker were both in my sleeper hitters for this upcoming week, and I decided to remove them from the column just in case things. uh, How seeing to see how things play out there with the Reds and the testing, and whether or not they're actually going to play this week. I added Eric Hosmer to the list, who has started six of seven for the Padres and homered in two of three, and still seems to be going strong there with the fly balls. Seems to be past the stomach issues. That's very encouraging. I added Nick Solak there who had a couple doubles in a home run Saturday. I like the the Texas Rangers matchups this week. Uh, Yeah, you could go to the site and check out the other sleeper hitters, but those were some changes I made. And, uh, you know, keep an eye out for Rich Hill. He could be back this week. Also, um, I think there was one other pitcher. I can't remember now, but, yeah, that's, that's probably the short version of the changes I made.
0: And, of course, you can find that on cbssports.com. Monday Probables, to stream or not to stream, the must-starts that I have are Zach Allen against Oakland, Kyle Hendricks, maybe must-start, but he's pitched really well, uh, and he's going up against the Cardinals, and Ross Tripling, who is going up against the Mariners. So, Scott, we'll start with you. Kwang Hyun Kim at the Cubs. Yay or nay?
1: Nay, I don't know how... DP is going to go, but I'm glad you mentioned that too, because those Cardinals pitchers were also added to the two-star pitchers. Kwang Hyun Kim and Ponce, I uh, forget us Daniel Ponce de Leon. They're both two-star pitchers, but I have concerns about how long they're going to be able to go after so much time away. Adam Wainwright did manage to go five innings on Saturday, but he only threw
2: 67 pitches. And Dakota Hudson threw four innings,
0: I think today. That yeah. is correct. Uh, Scott, Scott, Actually, while we're on the topic of Cardinals, real quick, thirty seconds or less, did you find out anything regarding their bullpen this weekend? Because it was kind of all over the place.
1: Well, Andrew Miller got the save in Game Two of the doubleheader Saturday, and Giovanni right. Gallegos worked Game One uh, in the sixth inning, which is actually the eighth inning, considering it was a doubleheader game. Oh God, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I I, I, would, totally I would forgot pres- about that.
1: I would presume that means Phil Miller's the favorite for saves, but we don't have enough evidence yet for me to go crazy bidding on him.
0: Chris, Martin Perez at the Yankees on Monday. Yay or nay? No way. No way. (laughs) Almost died there. No way, Jose. I mean, I'm sorry to alarm you (laughs) so much. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was like, oh gosh, how can you say no? Martin Perez is is a fringy guy against a good matchup. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Red Sox, Scott. Uh, I could see, do Yeah, I'll say yes to that. Yeah. Chris, Annabelle Sanchez at the Atlanta Braves. Nope. Scott, Tuki Toussaint versus the Nationals.
1: I think when we're just talking about an individual start, I would shy away from that. We were talking about a two-start week earlier. That's different.
0: Chris, I am really giving you some fantastic names here. Jordan Yamamoto.
2: Yeah, you're giving me a lot that I really have to, to ponder, but I'm uh, going to say no on Jordan Yamamoto as well. Even against the Mets, Chris? Uh, the Mets are good. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, Bubich, Scott, at the Twins.
0: Chris
1: Bubich against the Twins is a definite no.
0: (laughs) Chris, our boy. Our Boyd. Matthew Boyd at the White Sox. I
2: don't see how, like, there are probably a few leagues where I'm going to end up starting him this week. Just uh, such are the meager blessings in my life. But uh, (laughs) you probably shouldn't. You presumably invested more in starting pitcher than I did. Do as he says, not as he does.
0: We are praying for your ERA and whip, Chris. Gio Gonzalez against the Tigers, Scott. Nope. Zach Davies at the Texas Rangers, Chris. Nope. I don't mind it, actually. Probably on an island there, though. Jordan Lyles versus the Padres. Scott.
1: Why are you even asking me, Frank? (laughs)
0: Kyle Freeland at the
2: Houston Astros. Chris, which effect are you? Is that the pitch change <laughs> effect? Uh, I don't want you to steal my trick, uh, but it's, it's number 24, whatever that Kyle is. Kyle Freeland at Houston. Is that what you're?
0: Yes. <laughs> no, it's got Brandon Belak versus the Rockies. Uh, it, it's in
1: Houston, right?
0: That um, is in Houston. That's,
1: that's too dangerous. I, I, it's, it's on the better end of the names you've listed off, but I'd rather not.
0: Chris, how about Chris Bassett at the Arizona Diamondbacks? Uh,
2: that's definitely less of an automatic no. Um, as a one-start streamer, I think he's pretty fringy, though.
0: I, I like him more as a two-start guy, so probably not. I am not even going to ask you about Justin Dunn, Scott, so I will go to... I'm not even going to ask you about Tyler Anderson. Griffin Canning versus the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. Oh, good
1: matchup, but I don't even even in the two star rankings I have him out of the out of the starting range because uh, really don't like the way he's trending stuff
0: wise. So no. righty, that'll do it for Scott and Chris. Wild weekend here, a lot to get to. Um, we hit on as much as we we possibly can. I think we did great. You know what? Thank you, Chris. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today on our YouTube channel. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.